Welcome to The Poptimist. Today we have actor Jesse Lin. How are you doing today, Jesse? Good, Taylor. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You want to start off by plugging your social media? Yeah, so um, I'm on Facebook. Check me out at Jesse Lin. Um, you can find me. Uh, I don't uh, currently have an active Twitter, but it's Thinkerman. Um, and I don't have an Insta, so I need don't, to. Dude, you got you to gotta get an Instagram. I know, I, that's, I know. That's the way to do it, I mean. <laughs> Facebook is for old people now. I know. I'm an old person. Yeah. <laughs> so how did we meet? Yeah, so we met um, on set of a uh, unnamed um, Netflix show that's going to be coming out in 2019. We were both working background on it. Um, so that was that. What was your role? I was an airport worker. Yes. Yep. So yep. I got to I got to do a costume fitting, um, which was really awesome. It was the first time I ever got to do that. And then... Um, yeah, we showed up. Uh, they shuttled us to the Nashville airport and BNA. BNA, yep. And you know, we shot our scene. It was about a what was it? it was like a fourteen hour day or something. It was long as fuck, dude. Yeah, we were was, there was, from what nine thirty until like midnight. Yeah, then? after midnight, yeah, one o'clock. Yeah, that was my first time. Well, my second time really doing anything like that. First time doing anything big like that. I did like one other music video. My, like my friend, uh, No Name Blues, I was in their, their video for a song they have called TikTok. And, um, but that was just like, we went to like the radio station downtown because my buddy Josh works there. Right. And we just went there on like a Sunday when no one was there and we, and we shot the video. But when, when that thing happened that we did for Netflix, I'd never really done anything like that before. So I didn't really, I didn't know shit about shit. Right. Like, I was just like, showed up. I had gotten an email because um, there's uh, various Facebook groups that you can you can message in, send emails to, send headshots to, and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I mean they fed us breakfast. The food was pretty good. We got three meals that day. Yep. Um, we shot also at a at a church over in uh, in Madison. Yep. Um, and a lot of it was just standing around and eating. Yeah, that, that's a lot of what I think extra work seems to be. And it, it was really nice um, because the little group that we had formed... The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. We we got paid to sit back in holding while everybody else was walking around oh, and standing. yeah. So, so we got paid for basically four to five hours of work, and all we did was sit in the break room and, and talk. That's right. <laughs> after, we got, after we had gotten back from the airport, yep. we were all kind of like uh, tired, fuck it, we've just been standing... And everybody else left for some other scenes that they were shooting. Yeah. And there was the five of us that were just in there hanging out. And then there was random people that would come and go yep. and come join us to hang out. Yeah, and they, they told us, you know, we're going to come back and get you guys later. Just um, hang out. And, so, um, I, and then they forgot about us. We were probably back there for like two hours just chilling. Yeah. Three hours. I mean, it was it was a long time, regardless of, of how long. But... Um, yeah, that was that. That doesn't usually happen. Uh huh. Um, this uh, the background work that I've done. This is probably like my tenth time doing background work for Netflix. Um, I just finished up doing background work for um, a new movie that's coming out um, by Paramount. Um, and typically, as background, they will they will put you in even if you're not going to be on camera, um, which is kind of like. If you're the businessman, the the owner of the business, you know, and you're paying people, you want them to be working 
even if they're cleaning the same spot for yeah. four hours, you know. So yeah. that that was really interesting to me that they forgot about us like that, and we got paid to. They got that Netflix money. Yeah, they can yeah. afford to forget about us. Yeah, what's a hundred or so dollars to them? You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder how all of that works with Netflix because it's just like Netflix. It's it's easy to forget, but they started off as like a DVD rental service yep. that destroyed Blockbuster. Yep. Yeah. Um, my understanding, which it could be completely wrong, but my understanding is right now Netflix is um, wanting to invest very heavily into original ideas. Uh-huh. Um, and so is Hulu. I actually read an article where Hulu was expected to invest a billion dollars into original Hulu um, productions. So I think Netflix is either leading that charge or they're following Hulu's example. Uh-huh. And basically these production companies come up to Net, you know Netflix and they pitch their idea and I think that Netflix funds it. So, mm. you know, they So they're like a movie studio basically. Yeah, that's that's kind of the uh the direction that they're moving, I think. You know, they're they're still doing the whole online streaming, but I think that in the future we're going to see more originals and in my opinion i've not ever seen a bad netflix original every every one that i've watched has just been fantastic yeah yeah there's there's a ton of great stuff well it's it seems like i i also heard that they they use like algorithms and shit like that to see like this actor and this director we get a lot of hits for both of them so let's team them together and have them make a project right because yeah. they have access to all that data, and they can even see like what times of day something streams the most on. Yeah, that's that would um, be some really awesome information to have. And if you had that information, I think that you could really, um, as you said, find out who would get you the most views on something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know we're living in the uh, the social media age. I'm obviously not because I don't even have an Insta. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I need to get one. But we're living in that age where um, it's all about how fast you can, you know, go viral. And I mean, if you if you've got that information that say, okay, if we put this director, we're guaranteed, you know, a hundred thousand views. And if we put this actor, we're guaranteed, you know a million views and we put those together, we're going to reach more people with our product, which would be the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and more people are going to stream it. And the more people that stream it, I, I guess it works that that's how they make their money, you know? Yeah. I think they probably get a bunch of new signups every time, like a new season of stranger things goes up or some shit like right. that, you know, cause they, they advertise a bunch. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's di- like direct to consumer. Like I see your shit on Instagram. I'll see shit everywhere. Just like a 30 second little clip and just click on and be like, oh, this is interesting. But like that has replaced 100% going to the movies now. Yep. And like a long form storytelling has also replaced that. Yep. And it's just like, I, it's good and it's bad. I really liked going, I loved going to the movies as a kid. I feel like that's, that's almost like a dead, uh, a dead thing now. But I think what's starting to happen is there's more classics that are going like being screened at theaters. Oh, I yeah. went a couple of weeks ago to the 20th anniversary of the Big Lebowski in the theater, and it was great. And then, it, of course, everybody who was in there had probably seen the movie a thousand times, and but it was still funny, and it was a great experience to to see that in a theater. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So on that same line, um, when the uh, the Dark Knight Rises came out, right? Um, 
like I, you know, obviously watched. I'm a huge Batman fan. He's my favorite DC hero. Um, I watched Batman Begins when it came out in theaters, and I rewatched it probably a million times at home. Um, and then you had The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger as the Joker. Fantastic. Fantastic. You know, I watched that in theaters a million times. But when The Dark Knight Rises came out, um, my local mo- movie theater, they had a trilogy showing. Uh-huh. And it was all three movies, you know, like leading one right after the other, leading up to the new movie. And um, I, I w- they advertised that they wanted people to dress up, you know. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to dress up. And uh, I, being the, the big nerd that I am, I had already put together this sweet bat suit, right? Like, you know, spent probably about $400 getting all the pieces together. Um, it was actually um, impact proof. So, like, I could literally take a, a punch or, like... <laughs> Um, you know, like I, I went for realism, you know, <laughs> I had handcuffs in my utility belt, you know, stuff like that. And, um, I was the only person dressed up as Batman. Like there were four or five jokers in the audience, a couple of Harley Quinn, some poison ivies, um, you know, just classic Batman villains. And, um, as I came walking down into the movie theater, um, people were whispering, I was a little bit late. So Batman Begins was already playing. And um, people started whispering, like, Batman's here, Batman, oh, oh my god, Batman. And uh, then as soon as the movie ended, all these jokers and villains, like, ran to the front of the, the movie theater, and um, they, they were all looking into the audience, and they were like, where's Batman? Batman, get up here! Ah! You know, there was just, like, this huge, high-level energy, and I stood up all menacingly, right? Like, Slowly, I, like, like, like... Like the bat stand-up, you know, like, he just revealed himself to the bad guys, and I had this super long cape, and uh, I, like, pulled the cape up to create the wings, and, dude, everybody in that movie theater lost their minds <laughs> and they were like oh Batman oh. and um, me and one of the, the other jokers um, whenever, when everybody had kind of settled down again we were like um, dude let's do scenes from The Dark Knight and uh, so we did like the interrogation scene where uh, Batman interrogates the Joker you know like where's Harvey Dent you know yeah. and uh you know, I was doing the voice and everything, and um, the Joker, like, we knew, it, like, the whole scene, and it, um, people stood up, and they clapped after we got done, you know, and it was, uh, that was probably the closest that I've ever been to an actual movie star so far, you know, like, <laughs> like a live studio audience just, like, losing their minds yeah. over over me and this guy uh, reenacting the movie that we're literally about to watch, uh-huh. so... That Dark Knight trilogy is fucking incredible. Oh, fantastic! Chris Nolan is one of my favorite directors of today. Oh, yes, I, I love the the realism that he brought. You know, it was uh-huh. no longer like, you know, Batman was in this fantasy realm, but he really brought it home to where it, it was, was a city. Yeah, like, it was a real life, functioning, breathing, yeah, organism. And his and the way that he portrayed Batman's technology was very like. This could happen, you know, like this a rich is dude, so close. trained. Yeah, yeah, like if I had, if money was no option ever, you know, yeah. like in my entire life, I just billions of dollars. It's like I could, I could afford to go find some ninjas over, you know, in the Asia's and train to learn how to do all this ninja stuff, and then come back and and getting to you know military production and be like, okay, I need a bulletproof suit, I need a cape that I can fly around with, like I need. A stun gun, like, that knocks people... You know, I mean, like, yeah. you could... It's He really brought it, in my opinion, to just the edge of realism. Like, just real enough that it, you know... You're like, why don't we have a billionaire Batman right now? Mm-hmm. I always really loved Heath Ledger, obviously. 
yes. as the Joker. Because yes. he was like, on the same note, it just seems like a crazy fucking criminal terrorist yeah. could be like, fuck you guys, I'm taking over the city. Yeah. Um, I, and I think that a, something that a lot of people don't realize about um, particularly the Joker in general is that he he portrays this outward expression of being just totally insane, mm-hmm. but he is incredibly intelligent. Yeah, like the calculated. Way, yes, very everything he does calculated, but he does it in such a way that it just seems like chaos. Like uh-huh. it just everything just naturally theatrical. Yes, you know, just naturally works out for him, and it's that's not the case. Like he's thought of all this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like all these exit plans, all of these, you know, how to bribe people, how to blackmail people into doing what he wants. And then and then he just acts like it's just no big deal. Right. Yeah. Like he's just like, I'm just a clown that kills people. But there's so much more to that character than that. Well, it's like that scene where he goes to the mob meeting, which is like my favorite probably scene in that movie. Right. Where he goes in, he's basically threatening them. And yeah. then at the end of it, they're like, kill him. And he opens up his coat and it's just lined with grenades. Yeah, just bombs. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and, they, and they, they're like, okay, so this guy, he will just like for the chaos of it, like kill Blow himself yeah. and kill us in the process. And then Batman just gets to do whatever he wants and he wins. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm really excited for the, uh, the Todd Phillips, Joaquin Phoenix Batman movie. Yeah. Or uh, the Joker movie, excuse me. Yeah. You know, I don't know how I feel about that because... I think that the Joker that I've seen in pictures and I've not watched the trailer if there even is one out, um, but the, just from the pictures that I've seen, I, I don't like the makeup. I think it's very... There's a lot of people saying that online right now. Yeah, I think it's very cartoony. Um, it's and not even in a good way. I mean, it literally looks like the costume department went to Party City during Halloween and was like, I need a clown outfit, you know? And I think that's the whole thing of what they're trying to go for, though. Is that any... You think that they're I think it's to supposed say... to be, like, a gritty, because basically the whole, from what I've heard so far, is that the Joker is supposed to be a failed stand-up comedian. Okay. And um, that's pretty much all they've said. Mark Maron is supposed to be playing his... Uh, playing an agent or a booking agent or someone like that who... I guess there's some conflict there, but I think Joaquin Phoenix, the reason that I have faith in this is because Joaquin Phoenix usually doesn't do big budget movies and he's really avoided doing any big budget action movies. They offered him Doctor Strange and he turned it down and they've offered him a few other things and he said no. So I think the reason that he took this is because he was going to be able to have a lot of creative control and do a character study. Okay. From what I gather, so I'm looking forward to it. I think he's gonna put his own spin on it, and it'll it'll be along the lines of Heath Ledger, but he's gonna do something different. I think this is gonna be a really dark, gritty, ugly movie. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, speaking of like building character and stuff, one of the things in acting, um, I I like to to bring a hundred percent realism to a character whenever I portray someone Uh Um, whenever I get a role the very first thing that I start doing is um, analyzing the the emotions that that character would be going through and um, I like to think of myself as a method actor so like I've I've experienced a lot of emotional ups and downs in my life and um, I've got a a pretty good memory almost you know photographic if you will um, to the point that like I can I can really bring up that real raw emotion in uh-huh. scenes um and 
I think that it's kind of one of those things of of new actors whenever they they get a script or whatever wherever they they get you know their character one of the first things that I've noticed that they do is when they're looking over the character bio that explains who the character is they look at that and they go okay got it and they throw the script away they say okay I've read the bio I get it now I'm going to do it my way like and, a, a cliff notes version of yes yeah. um and in my opinion that's not really what the the producers and director want they they've given you a character and they need you to flesh to, it out to be that character you know um i just got done doing a a student film with um Belmont University um film program called Meet the Donor um it was a fantastic time it was a a dark comedy where um, my character was a, a sperm donator or a sperm donation baby where uh, my father had donated and you know got through that whole process I was born without knowing who my biological father was uh -huh. as my character and then I find him in the movie and he's a deadbeat he lives in a trailer um, he you know just has no absolutely no desire to be with my character in any fashion uh -huh. um, his idea of a good day is just to crack open a beer and um, you know fight off the landlord from ev evicting him yep um, that you know and my character is a kind of a, a more normal country person um, who just really enjoys fishing you know just wants to take his dad fishing just spend that quality time as a parent and um, you know I from day one um, the very first scene that we did was, I, I think it was my dad, we had, we shot the script in different sections, right? So, um, for those of you listening that don't know, uh, most of the time when you shoot a film, you don't shoot it chronologically. You mm -hmm. don't shoot it, okay, we're going to do the opening, now we're going to do the middle and then the end. Sometimes you start with the end and then you go to the beginning and then you shoot in the middle. Just based on shooting schedules, yep. availability for actors. Yes. Um, which to some people can get confusing, but once you get in that role, um, you know, it, it doesn't really matter what the scene is because you're going to, you should be able to bring that character to life in that moment in time in the script. As a professional. As a professional, yes. Um, so, you know, my dad was taking advantage of me in this film. Um, it's a, like I said, it's a dark comedy. It starts off, I'm digging this like six foot hole for him, and then I'm like laying pipe in the hole. Yeah. Um, and then he wants me to cut his grass, but he tosses me a pair of scissors, right? And I'm like, the the shot that we did is right in front of my face, and I'm like really meticulously cutting grass with scissors. And then he tosses a beer can at me, and he's like, hey, hurry up. And I'm like, you know, and I just have to like go to just like chopping <laughs> this grass. And then in the very next scene, I'm like washing his car. And um, it turns into this like really weird um, uh, like Hardee's burger commercial type where I'm like, you know, being sexy, if I can even be sexy, <laughs> like cleaning this guy's car, you know. And um, so it, it was a really interesting experience. But at the at the end of it all, um, at the end of the day, um, my dad left me in the middle of the woods. I had to hike back six miles to his house, you know, or more. Um and there's just this, after all the comedy that was in there to lighten up the mood, there's just this really emotional moment where my character just loses hope. Um, and it's it's not even trying to portray being sad that, yeah. okay, my dad doesn't want anything to do with me. It's a, 
a moment where your character has lost everything that they care about. Yeah. So, like, I don't think sad would be a good enough way to portray the character at that moment. You have to be... Hopeless. Hopeless. Devastated. Yeah. You've lost everything. I mean, your dad wants nothing to do with you. Doesn't care. Um, and I, I had this in my mind, you know, and, and I just had all of these emotions come out. Um, my relationship with my father in real life what is um, better now, but it, it was not good growing up. Uh-huh. So for me, I just channeled that energy and that emotionality into the character. And what I saw, I, the movie's not been edited and put together yet, but from what I saw in the raw footage, um, you can see that. And, and the, the crew and the other actors that I, w I was working with, um, they, they made the comment, they were like, look at that. You know, like when, when my character just breaks down, you can, you can see the, the subtle change and then the dramatic change in my face whenever um, I just realized there's, there's nothing for me. You know, this guy, my father, wants nothing to do with me. How does that, how does that translate onto the camera? And then... Um, through that emotionality, my my dad in the in the script in in the movie um, kind of has a change of heart. Like, okay, I, you know, he's wore me down. He he's been trying to get me to spend time with him. I've been abusing him this whole time. I guess I'll go fishing with him. And then so then immediately I had to do this complete like 180 in my emotions. So I had to go from hopeless and devastated to just overjoyed that that my father wanted me to spend time with him sure you know i mean i didn't know him i i found him through some kind of genetic testing you know 23andme.com kind of deal yeah. and um figured out who my my father was and he finally breaks down and is like okay let's go fishing and the again i got to see the raw footage of this um that overjoyed you know again it starts off subtle as it would in real life, um, and I, the way that I channeled that was um, when I when I very first asked my wife to go on a date with me, the very first time I ever met my wife, and when we started dating, um, she had this huge crush on me to begin with, and um, I I kind of ignored her, right? Like I was just like, oh, you know, classic, you know, classic uh, uh, douchebag. <laughs> but um, I remember. We were at a summer camp called TTI, and I was, I took her, I took both of her hands, and right before we were getting breakfast at this summer camp, and I just said, look, um, I've been mean to you, um, and you don't deserve that, and she was like, oh, it's okay, and I was like, it's not okay, and I was like, if you give me a second chance, like, I'll make sure that you never have to give me a third chance, and I was like, will you be my girlfriend? I was so scared, like, I couldn't even stand up, right? Like, I had to, like, be against the wall, and, uh, like, my knees were shaking so bad. I've I've never been that scared in my life. And she she was so overjoyed. Like, she broke down, right? Like, she couldn't contain her emotions, how happy she was. And I'm glad that I experienced that as a method actor because I channeled that into that character when my father said, let's go fishing. And so in my mind, all I had to do is picture how happy and overjoyed mm. and emotional she was. And I literally channeled the exact same reaction and it, it slayed on camera. Like, like 
I, you know, as I was watching the raw footage, I literally clapped my hands together and pointed at the monitor, and I was yeah. like, yes! Like, that's it right there. That is the emotion that actors need to be able to bring. And this is my own opinion. Um, people may disagree with it, or they might even agree with it. I don't know. But as an actor, my job is to make you feel something. Um, whether that's hate, whether you think, God, I hate Jesse Lynn as an actor because... I just hate him. Yeah. You know, he's just a bad guy. He's a douchebag. Or if I play the good guy and, and I make you go, wow, like I hope one day I find a love like that, like how he loves her. Or, um, you know, I hope that I can be as cool as him. Nobody will ever say that about me. <laughs> but <laughs> if, if one day I can make somebody, that would be great. But um, my job as an actor is to make the audience feel. The nuance of emotion. Yes. I mean, th those are my tools, right? Yeah. So... A construction worker they use drills they use you know uh jackhammers you know they use all these tools doctors they use tools they use the stethoscope whoa stethoscope <laughs> they use um <laughs> um you know scalpels they use like all these tools my tool is human emotion as an actor and i i really think that a lot of a lot of actors today don't understand that they they get in this mindset of okay i'm gonna portray a character and in their mind they're acting like they're acting like a character and the reason i said acting twice is because if you are trying to act happy on film um, i can't speak to theater i've done a lot of theater specifically i'm talking about film right now if you're acting like you're happy you're not portraying happy you're acting like you're happy you have to think happy don't think i'm going to act like i am happy you must think i am happy mm -hmm. and that will feel that emotion you have to because it will literally translate onto the camera onto the final piece what's going through your mind and your eyes your eyes tell a deeper story than your face and your um any your body language like all of that is your eyes will tell a deeper story than your entire body um, so if, if your eyes don't feel it, if you, if you're seen as you're looking at a woman or a man and you say, I love you and your eyes are saying, okay, now I have to say in the script, I love you. You, you might have the perfect, you know, scenario, like the notebook where the rain's coming down, you know, you're, you, you've got the girl and you're or guy or whatever. And, and you're like, I love you. But your eyes are saying, I want Chick-fil-A right now. Like it turns into a. That's usually how I feel most of the time. Oh, me too. But you know, it turns into a comedy at that point. You, sure. You lose that that seriousness of the scene. Uh huh. And you have to be a hundred percent committed to that emotion. And that's as as men, um, you know, uh, we're taught early on to we don't have emotion. We're big, strong, tough warrior people. You know, we, we go out on the football field and we fight and we, we plow just other men to the ground and yeah. And it's like, that's great. Like I, I play sports, I played football. Um, but you have to realize that the emotions are, are what make us human. And that's what the audience wants to connect with. Sure. They don't, they don't want to connect with somebody that's totally emotionless. Um, take Nicolas Cage, for example, love him or hate him. He has, I fucking love Nicolas Cage. He he has almost zero emotion in his movies. Like, He's just an insane person. Yes, like <laughs> like I almost wonder if there's a conspiracy theory that all Nicolas Cage movies are just Nicolas Cage in like a loony house and he's in a straight jacket and like he's living all of these movies. Like 
in his head, you know. Well, if not, that's the script you need to write. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll just I'll call him up. You know, I'm friends with Fourth him on wall. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I I enjoyed Ghost Rider and I enjoyed um, you know National Treasure, but um, uh, at the time Nicolas Cage was in some trouble with the IRS with tax evasion. Oh yeah. And, and I, he he was pumping out these movies. I don't know if you remember. I remember. But, yeah, that was like my prime movie going days. <laughs> he just kept pumping out movies, and and I think that he didn't take the time to to try at least to bring emotionality to the character. He was um, he was there for the paycheck. He, yeah, and you could tell, you could tell that on on the film, right? And uh-huh. that's that's the point that I've been trying to make is whatever you as an actor, whatever your mind is going through, that's what's going to translate. So if you're in the moment, you have to be in the moment. Well, that reminds me of um something uh, that I heard about Taxi Driver and Robert De Niro is that he was only sleeping for four hours a night because he was filming the movie, and then he would he would drive all night as an actual taxi driver in New York City. So, like, when he is he's sh- short or he's falling apart or he's going crazy, it's, it's genuine because he's completely fried. Yeah. He's fried that whole movie because all he's doing is driving, working out, planning on assassinating a politician, yeah. like all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit. Yeah, um, so I drive Lyft um, on the side. Um, it's a it's a fantastic way to make some extra money, but um, I I feel that deep down. I, I feel oh, yeah, you get I that feel, burnout from driving. Yes. Um, so in my Lyft career, I've given um, around four hundred and fifty rides um, in a span of about three months, um, and I can honestly say that um, you meet some. Interesting people, I think, is a good way to you put do. it. You do, yeah. Um, you get super nice people, and then you get super aggressive people that, um, you know, they want to backseat drive and, and tell you how to do your job and everything yeah. else, and then you get the people that are super chill, and they're just along for the ride. Yeah. You know, you, it's it's interesting to me as a as a method actor, because I I really enjoy learning people's stories. I like to collect people's stories and, and try to try to imagine what it would be like in that situation and bring real emotionality to a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so driving Lyft has been a really good way to, to do that, to, to meet new people. But, you know, you're usually only in the car with them for, you know, sometimes 10 minutes or less. Yeah. Um, it just depends on where they need to go. And, you know, as an actor, sometimes that's, that's all the time you have to make an impression in an audition is... Sometimes it's just a minute or or less before someone just completely tunes out. Yeah. When you're done. Um. And so it's like, how do you stand out in an audition if you only have a minute? Like, how do you leave a lasting impression on somebody if you only have one minute to do it? And um, that's that's kind of what you have to keep in mind when you go in for an audition, right? Is okay. I'm. I want to play this character. I want to do this. You know, blah 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 blah. But at the end of the day. It's really more about did you leave a lasting impression on the the casting director and and their group that are in charge of all of that, or did you uh, just blend in with the noise? You know, I mean, um, I think a mistake that a lot of early actors make are they they think they know too much. You know, they think that they know so much more than they do. They they take 
you know, a handful of, of acting classes. They take a handful of audition classes and then they come in and they say, okay, well, we would like you to, you know, the casting director will say, well, we'd like to, for you to read for this character and go. And they, they have this almost fake acting voice, you know, I mean, like we're talking right now, there's not, you know, any kind of acting voice. This is real. We're actually doing this podcast. But if, if we were acting like we were on a podcast, a lot of early, you know, actors before they find that calm in film, they they might say things like, "Well, you know, Taylor, it's really great to be here." And this they're trying is, to sell it. They're yeah, trying to sell themselves, they, they, and they try too hard. Um, so, just just remember that when you're in an audition, um, be yourself and be real. Don't don't try to sell the character, um, because at the end of the day. If you are the character that they're looking for, they don't want you to try to sell them on it because if they you, just want you to do it. They, they just want you want to do you your to, job. Yeah, they want you to be the character. They don't want you to try to sell them on the character. They, I mean, they are the ones that have the job. They're the ones that are casting the character, right? So you don't have to sell them on the character. They they own the character. You have to sell them on you. And are you going to be somebody that? speaks like a car salesman trying to to you know seduce the casting director into being phoniness yeah exactly yeah unrealistic character and if you're rigid and and reading the script like you're reading something instead of just talking like me and you are doing um i think that that hurts a lot of early actors i think that they need to be aware of that and and it's you know early actors and I mean I'm still learning a lot myself um, I've been acting since I was five years old um, in a lot of community plays um, and just recently like making that transition into theater so that's something that I have to keep aware of uh, is is that phoniness because if you're on a theater stage you have to be a little bit phony right like you have to be like look at me like over here now I'm about to deliver my line and very big and and, yeah. and showy versus on on film it's, you have it's, to be more real yes it's depending a lot. on what the the production is yeah yeah granted but for the most part on film you have to be more reserved um, and you have to tell a story with your eyes your your emotion your mm-hmm. body language you know it, it's a lot it's a lot more subtle acting. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The one thing that I think kind of sticks out to me of what you said today is that, uh, and it's similar with songwriting, is that you're really mining something away inside of you or pulling something out of you and bringing it to the the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know as a songwriter, like if, if whenever I'm feeling a lot of emotion about something is when I need to I need to write. Like yeah. if I'm feeling depressed about something or I'm feeling a certain way about something, it's like, okay, I got, I got to write. I got to, I got to figure this out. Why, why am I feeling so over the moon right now? Or not even why, but just acknowledging that it's there and that you can pull it out of you. Yeah. It's seeing what's there and that you're able to pull it out of you. And sometimes you have to chip away a little bit harder and a little bit longer to get it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's when it comes to acting, right? Like it's the same way. Um, except, <laughs> Um, whenever you feel or experience something and, and there's there's a lot of different methods to acting there's a lot of different approaches and theories um, mine my particular favorite is just more or less being real being a hundred percent real and to 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 
push that along, whenever I experience something new, it's like I take a picture of it in my mind, right? Like that photographic memory mm -hmm. like we were talking about. And and I, I, I try to remember exactly what that feels like, you know? And it's like, okay, you know, a little kid at Christmas, like I remember getting my very first Xbox 360. Growing up, I, I was not allowed to have video games. My parents were very um, against it. Um, my dad wanted me to be, you know, a sports superstar, and here I am, an actor, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I remember when they finally broke down and allowed me and my brothers and sister to have a game console and, like, opening it up and, like, you know... You lost your shit. Losing my mind, you yeah. know? Like, oh, my God! And so, you know... It, that's that's the thing is like you ha as an actor you have to you have to keep those in a bottle almost like those emotions and you have to be able to open that bottle and pour it out for the camera at any given time. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I've been working on myself lately is crying. Um, you know I I don't want to say that I'm a tough person by any means, but like um, I used to do like Boy Scouts. Um, I've been taking martial arts for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, so I've been punched in the face a lot, you know, like I've, I've done like the MMA thing. Um, I've been kicked a lot. Like, so what I'm trying to say is like, I know I, I could bring that emotionality of like, okay, I just got punched in the face. You know, I've seen, yeah. a, I've seen a lot of actors, they do the whole, like they're punched in the face thing. And the first thing they do is like, they grab it and they're like, Oh, and then they're back. And I'm like, yeah, you know, okay, maybe. But if you, if you got hit like that... You got your bell rung. Yeah, like... You're you, going to be out of it for a second. Yeah, like, you're going to uh, kind of, you know, um, like in Rocky, whenever uh, Dolph Lundgren, the, the Russian, like, like hits him with that right hook, and he's, you know, his bell's rung, and his spit goes flying everywhere, and he doesn't just get right back up, and he's like, all right, let's do this. You know, he's he's kind he's, of, like, groggy, right? Yeah, he's like, oh... Doesn't like, know what's barely, going on. Like, on the ropes, you know? So, yeah, you just... it's. Like you were saying, I think we might be getting a little off subject, but like you were saying, you know, you have to, the best performances, the best songs when you write them, the best performance as an actor are when you can bring that real, actually feeling emotion out. And um, I think... People can tell. Yeah. They can tell real from fake. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that is 100% the truth. If you... Um, get up, like if you were in Nashville, Tennessee, if you go down to somewhere down in Broadway and you get gig, you know, booked to play a gig at one of the local honky tonks and you get up there and you're like, guys, this is a song I wrote about a girl that I used to love or something like that. And then, um, you're lying about it yeah, and you're just like trying to milk the, uh, I don't stereotype or, yeah. you know, or whatever. Just people, like a straightforward pop song. Yeah, people are going to be able to tell that it's... Well, that's what a lot of a lot of that kind of music is now, and I think that's personally one of the one of the beefs that I have with some of the industry here in Nashville is I get that it's business, but you almost have to take a different mindset. You have to wear different hats. It's like, okay, I'm an artist right now. I can be a business person later. Yes. I'm a business person right now. I can be an artist later. It's like you... Especially in our era, we don't have the luxury of just being able to say, I am an actor or I am a musician. It's like you have to understand the lay of the land as far as business goes. Oh, yeah. And um, as an actor, I can't really speak towards the music side of things because I'm not a musician. But as an actor, um, I had to learn that my body is what I'm selling. Um, 
you know, <laughs> like a prostitute. Well, yeah, I mean, in a way, just not in a non-sexual fashion. Um, <laughs> it's almost know, worse in a way. It is, you know, because it's like, you know, hey, for twenty bucks, I'll make you cry. You know, it's like, <laughs> you're, wait, you're, wait, what do you mean by that? And it's like, I'll just, I'll, I'll give you a really sad monologue, like it's just in a non-sexual way. But um, it can be sexual if you want. It, I, I mean, you know, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's one of those things of. You know, I have to take care of myself a lot more than, say, like your average Joe would have to. Like, if you, if you're, you know, um, to speak to a larger crowd, if you're in like retail, plumbing, um, any kind of of service like that where you're fixing stuff, um, you don't necessarily have to moisturize three times a day. Yeah. You know, but as as an actor, um, you have to take care. Of yourself. You have to take care of yourself because that's your billboard. That that is how you sell yourself to a casting director to get the job. Mm -hmm. um, they want a certain look. They want, you know, um, and that the look can be anything, right? Like, I mean, it could be a rough and tough, like, weathered person that, you know, looks like they might be a wise old mystic or a, a tough prisoner or whatever. But then, you know, they also want, like, the pretty boys too, right? Like, yeah. and usually most of the time, the pretty boys are the ones that, are the lead roles, right? Yeah. I mean, so that's that's my dream is to be able to get those lead roles and, and star in the big films. Um, so I'm I'm really doing a lot to take care of myself. I'm I'm working out, um, lifting weights, running. Um, you know, as far as like personal hygiene, like uh, brushing my teeth, like using using whitening toothpaste. Um, yeah. You know, mouth rinse that does six different things for me. Um, you know, moisturizing, um, I think, I think that was the key. Actually, <laughs> this might be a little weird, but I went to Sephora and, um, as an actor, you, sometimes you have to provide your own makeup, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, on, on smaller shoots, if, if they're even going to let you use it. And I went to Sephora and I just, I told the lady, I was like, I need a makeover. And, um, she sat me down in this chair and like put, stuck this like computer scanner thing to my face and, um, one of the biggest criticisms that she had was is that I don't moisturize enough. So, um, and that was several several months back, you know. And like now I've I've got this big thing of like this really crazy expensive moisturizer from uh, Sephora, and I'm like using it all the time. And um, I actually uh, told my wife last night. I said, you know, I think that I'm getting more attractive. And uh, she kind of <laughs> laughed, you know. <laughs> like she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I mean, you know. Now that I'm a lot more serious about pursuing acting as a as a viable career um, and taking care of myself a lot more, like I I'm starting to be able to tell a difference in the mirror, like in my appearance, you know. Well, and your confidence is increasing too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, when you look good and feel good, you it translates. You, yeah, and that exact same thing happens when you're portraying a character. If you feel the character, it's going to translate onto the onto film. Yeah, I think um, just like as a, the journey as an artist, we go through a lot of ups and downs and a lot of fucking rejection. Oh gosh, <laughs> can you can you talk a little bit about rejection and, and oh, some of uh, some of the things you faced in your career so far? Absolutely. Um, so if if you have a, a thin skin, um, acting is definitely not for you. Um, I. I literally can email around anywhere from 
some days 20 to 100 different people and trying to look for acting jobs. I'm very aggressive in trying to find these jobs. And, you know, if you send 20 to 100 emails a day and you you get, you know, 100, 20 to 100 rejection emails and sometimes that rejection takes form in just no contact no at all. Yeah. You know, there, it's like, and that can really mess with you mentally, right? So you're you're sitting there thinking, wow, they they didn't even think I was good enough to respond to. Like, is this really for me? Um, I've, I've faced a lot of rejection. Um, I've actually thought about making a, a recent Facebook post about talking about that rejection um, because it, it's easy to get rejected in an email because usually people are nice about it. They'll just say, oh, sorry, we've already cast the role, or oh, yeah. sorry, you're just not. Which is always nice to get those emails because at least they responded. At least they respond. But um, getting rejected in real life is a lot more difficult. When you when you show up to a, an in person audition, um, and you know you you deliver and you think that you've done your best, and then the casting director looks at you and they're like, "Great, we'll be in touch." And to me, those are death words. Like that's something yeah. that's something that you tell somebody. Impersonal. Get them out of the room. Yep. Like let's just move on. Um, and I I, I kind of have to keep telling myself, okay, it's not that you're bad. It's, it's that you just might not a not, good fit. Yeah, it, and that's something that you have to keep in mind too. Is um, you know, like let's just say, um, they were looking to cast the role of Spider Man, one of my favorite, you know, characters in the Marvel universe. I would not be a good fit for Spider Man. I I look nerdy, you know, I've got the glasses and everything else, but like, I don't look like Peter Parker, and so I could literally be the absolute best monologue giver when it and, and delivering that to the casting director looking to cast a Spider-Man but at the end of the day I don't look like Peter Parker mm-hmm. and so I should not be surprised when I'm not cast as Peter Parker yeah because I don't look like him mm-hmm. and that that's something that you have to keep in mind is that um it might not be your skills it might just be that you just don't fit the mold that yeah. what they're looking for so i mean you know that that kind of gives me comfort at night if if i do get a rejection you know i i tend to try to stay positive right and i'm like oh it's just because i don't look the part yeah um but you know that's a dangerous slope as well because you have to constantly be sharpening your skill set yeah you you can't you can't take one or two acting classes and then think I know everything. I'm the best actor ever, and then get those rejection emails and say, "Well, it's not me. It's it's I don't look the part." Um, it might be you at that point. You know, you you need to learn and constantly, constantly continue to learn how to hone that skill set. There's a level of self awareness that you have to have when doing a career in the arts. Yes, especially with a bunch of people who are also trying to do the same thing as you. Yep. Um, because if you, if you can't be self-aware and you can't self-reflect, then you don't grow. No. You just stay the same and then all you do here is nose. And eventually if you do it enough, you'll, I do think that you, the people who stick around, they have that, they have like a watershed moment where they have to flip a switch and be like, okay, I didn't get that because of this or I didn't get that because of that. It's like figuring out why you didn't get it or at least brainstorming some reasons why and then work on those. Like... Was it the look? No. Well, you know, I flubbed this word here, so I need to 
maybe practice, I should have practiced more or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I can actually, um, give a like extremely recent rejection that I had. Um, there was a casting call that came across, um, for me that these, this production company was looking for a Caucasian male, um, 22 to, to early thirties, uh, to be cast in a, a full length feature film. And um, I had been so busy the entire week, right? Like, I had had other acting jobs. Um, what, what else? Um, I had house church on Wednesday. Um, you know, I had all this stuff going on. And I had um, about two days w- from the time that I got emailed the script um, to learn it and learn it like the back of my hand. Um, and I had all this anxiety about it because the day came when I was supposed to go audition with this script already memorized and um, I, I had zero knowledge of the script. I had looked over it a couple of times, and like I did not have time to fully digest those characters that they wanted me to read for. And so upon arriving at the, the audition, um, I had my script in my back pocket under my shirt where nobody could see it, and I sat down, and the, the casting director was very impressed. He was like, wow, you're the first person to show up without a script. You must know it really well. And, I, and you were like, oh, shit. Yes, um, that fear immediately came over, and I laughed, and, and I pulled out my script, and I was like, well, that would have been awesome, right? That's probably what I should have done, and he, he didn't really laugh. You know, he was like, yeah, that is what you should have done, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, of course, you big dummy. And um, so um, I sat next to this actress um, that was just... Okay, we're back. Keep going. But yeah, so um, basically... Um, I read for a character that was supposed to be a love interest to the main actress, and um, I'll, I'll be honest, it was not my best work. I was actually very embarrassed to to have done that audition um, because it was not up to my normal standards. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been a little different if it had been a cold read, um, which, for those of you listening that don't know, a cold read is where you show up to an audition and they literally hand you a brand new script that you've never seen before, and they want you to deliver the character. I would feel way more comfortable with that than... Absolutely. I personally love doing cold reads. Um, that's Every job, leading role job that I've gotten um, has been from a cold read. Um, mm. I, I do not like self-taping, which is what a lot of people and production companies have moved towards now. They just want you to send in a tape of you auditioning for the role. And I'm like, I don't have a nice camera. I don't have, you know, I would have to use my phone, which is a Galaxy S7 Edge. Um, It has a decent camera on it, but I don't have the required lighting to make it look good. Um, The the mic in it isn't that great. So, you know, that's going to be their first impression of me, is a really bad video. Yeah. And I'm like, I could I could sell you so much better if I came in in person. In person, yeah. But um, yeah. So that 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 audition was just uh was just terrible. It was a great experience, um, you know, to to keep that auditioning skill sharp. Um, but it it was I was embarrassed to have done it, and um, I didn't even have to to worry about getting that rejection email. Which um, by the way, he never sent it. Um, it, was one, it was one of those, it was, it was so bad. Let's just, just both go our separate ways. It was like, you know, kind of a, like a an unspoken agreement as I was leaving. We shook hands and it was just kind of like, well, we'll be in touch. And I was just in the back of my mind, I was like, no, you won't. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, you 
but you have you can't dwell on that stuff as an actor. Like I mean, I know that I did bad, um, and I'm I've said it several times already. I was extremely embarrassed to have done that and possibly hurt my brand myself mm-hmm. in doing so. Um, because a lot of acting, right, is just all about networking. It's about who you know. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you strike out though. That's true, and and that was definitely a strikeout for me. And um, I'm not gonna dwell on it. Like I said, um, I'm gonna move forward and and try to learn from it what I could have done better. Obviously, you know, learn the script and the characters better. But um, you know, I I had to show up because ninety percent of this job is just showing up. You wouldn't believe how many people drop out. Actually, on on the Netflix film that me and you did together, yeah. at where we first met. Um, the reason that we had to stay so late was because a lot of background people yeah. quit and did not show up. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and so that's why we had to work those extra like five, six hours or whatever it ended up being. Um, we got paid and fed. And fed. So three meals. Great. Yeah. Um, that's the first day I've had three meals in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it, you night it's just showing up, you know, and that's, you have to be dedicated and, and i know that um our generation suffers a lot from anxiety yeah. and i mean i do too but you have to power through that you can't let that be a crippling factor whether it's acting or, or you know being a songwriter producer um a song entertainer a singer what whatever it is whatever your dream is that anxiety is going to be there because i think just as humans we're going to think am i good enough to actually do this mm-hmm. and we're in the entertainment business. Like we have to put the show on, you know, yep. they like it big and they like it loud, you know, and that's, yep. that's what you have to do. Um, and you, you cannot let that anxiety cripple you. That fear of striking out as, as the baseball, you know, uh, thing that we kind of talked about, like you can't let the fear of striking out, keep you from playing the game. Mm-hmm. Like you have to get up to bat in swing. Even if you strike out, like, Keep swinging because statistically you're going to hit one. And hopefully, you know, as an actor, it's going to be that super major role that gets me on the radar. And and then I don't have to worry about, you know, anything else ever again. Like, I'll just be a superstar for as long as that lasts. And then, um, you know, versus, you know, if it could be getting discovered at a honky tonk where somebody um, you're playing an original and there's some big wig, you know, music producer in the crowd and they hear it and they think that's that's going to be huge. Like, let's make a record deal. Um, and, uh, just, just for the record, um, I don't look at acting as a way to just become big and famous and make a lot of money. Um, I've said this several times. I think I even might've said it to the group while we were doing the Netflix thing. I would just like to make a living doing this. Oh yeah. If um, I can make a teacher salary doing what I do, then yeah. What a dream come true. Yeah. Um, I, I've tried doing the nine to five job. I, I literally cannot do it. Dude. Um, that's why I drive for Uber and Lyft now. Yeah. It's it's a great way to make your own schedule, be your own boss, have that income. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I would be extremely happy and have a large amount of life fulfillment if I could just make enough money to cover my bills and um, maybe have a little bit of extra spending money just doing acting work. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, they I think that they get into it for the wrong reason, right? Like, whether it's music or acting or, or whatever, they get mm-hmm. into it 
and they think, well, I'm going to make a lot of money at this. Yeah. Let me let me tell you right now, you do not make a lot of money no. <laughs> at acting in the early stages. And, and honestly, I've know I know actors that are you know 40 and 50 years old, and that's all that they do, and they still don't make a lot of money. At yeah. It. Um, and that's just the God honest truth is but they get to do what they love that, you know, can you really put a price on that? No, no, I don't think so. I think if you can pay all your bills, you're healthy and you have everything that you need, then what else can you, can you really ask for? Absolutely. And that's, that's the goal. It's not to, um, while I wouldn't be opposed to becoming a big Hollywood superstar, don't get me wrong. Like if it happens, that would be great. But the goal is not that. It is to survive survive, and Work. make enough money doing what I love as, as a living. I think that is the perfect closing note. Yeah. So do you um, have anything to plug? Like anything coming out here in the next couple of months? Um, so not, not on my radar. Um, the, the only thing that will be coming out is going to be the film that I talked about earlier, Meet the Donor. Um, it's, it's going to be a Belmont film. They're going to premiere it at Belmont. Um, but as far as details, I don't personally have any details on it yet when it's going to be ready. Um, I did find my Facebook handle so that you can more accurately find me on Facebook. Um, because if you just type in Jesse Lynn, there's going to be a thousand people that come up. Yeah. And a lot of them really attractive women. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, my, my actual Facebook handle is Jesse dot Lynn dot seven five zero and that's j-e-s-s-i-e dot l-y-n-n dot seven five zero so that should pull up my facebook account um it is totally open to the public you don't have to send me a friend request to see what i'm doing um because i i use my facebook as my um platform for my brand of acting Um, so it's, again, that's totally open to the public. You don't have to send me a friend request, but, um, if you do, I'll make sure to, uh, to link you guys to my future Instagram account. (laughs) Hell yeah. Okay. Cool, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you, Taylor.